0: And then John we're gonna be in John chapter 1 verses 14 through 18 now <clears throat> I'm gonna read the whole thing verses 1 through 18 is what's what John what's called John's prologue and this is some of the most famous section some of the most famous text in the whole Bible it's, it's just sublime so I'm gonna read the whole thing even though we're going to focus on verses 14 through 18. God's Word says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And here's our section for this morning. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me. Because he was before me. For from his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray, please. Lord, we open your word, and I pray you would soften and open our hearts. And I don't know how everybody walks in this room. I don't know who in this room follows you. I don't know who doesn't. I don't know who watching is a disciple of yours. I don't know who isn't, Lord, but you do. And I pray that you would use my weaknesses, my frailties. All the troubles and trials and all, the, all of the limitations I have, Lord. And I pray that you would you would be able to work through them as I preach the word. Because this morning, what we all need is your word preached. We need your word. We confess that none of us live by bread alone, but everything that comes from the mouth of God. And so we pray that from your mouth this morning, that we would receive nourishment by your power and by your Holy Spirit in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think it's clear that of all people from all time, we have access to more information than anybody ever has. If there's something we wonder, we need not live in ignorance. We have tiny, amazing computers that we carry around in our pocket and we have the google machine to ask any question we want we have access to more information than anybody else ever so if you want to know let's say the symptoms of legionnaires disease you find out you google it you find out that you have well that's cough fever chills shortness of breath and muscle aches if you want to find out The population of Amsterdam? You find out, well, you Google it and you find out Amsterdam proper is 872,680. And the wider city is 1,588,755. Because you Google it. If you want to find out how many books are in the Library of Congress, you can Google that and find out that there are over 40 million books. If you want to find out how and when to use whom... And how and when to use who, you can Google it and find that who refers to the subject, whom refers to the object of the verb. If you want to find out when Halley's Comet or Halley's Comet, depending on how, or even how to say Halley's or Halley's, you can Google it and find that it will be back in 2061. Google can give us information, but not many explanations. What we need this morning from John Is an explanation. What we need are explanations that Google cannot answer. Explanations to questions like, why? Why are my kids far from me? Why are there evil? Why is there so much evil in the world? Why is my life like this? Why do I feel sadness at this time of year when I should be glad? why are things the way they are why is life just so hard see these kinds of explanations you don't want to google you want to get an explanation from a different authoritative source and so today john is addressing us from john chapter 1 verses 14 through 18, and the Spirit of God is addressing us to give us an explanation this morning. It's the explanation we need. It's the one you need, and it's the one I need, and it's one the whole world needs. John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18, John is going to explain God to us. Now, you might wonder how in the world John could explain the Ancient of Days, God. How in the world can John explain God Most High and the Almighty One? How in the world can John explain God when if you span the pages of the Old Testament, nobody else can? How can John do this? Well, believe it or not, John explains God with exactly one word. And you might want to, if you take notes, you might want to write this down. Here's how... John explains God with one word. Ready? That one word, the explanation of God, is Jesus. If you want to use his title, you can say Christ. The one, the, the, what Jesus does is Jesus explains God to us. So that's the explanation. That's what, that's who Jesus is, Jesus is the one who came to explain God to us. This is an explanation that we can't miss. This is an explanation we need to pay attention to. This is an explanation we must grasp. Because the only way we, be- we come to know God is through the explanation of his son, Jesus. So do you want to know God? Meet Jesus. And we're going to see that Jesus gives three explanations of God. At least three. There's a lot more, but I only have a limited amount of time. Jesus gives three explanations about God in our passage. We see the Word made flesh. We see the Word revealed glory. And we see the Word delivering or delivered grace. First, the Word made flesh. This is the first explanation. Verse 14, and the Word... Became flesh. That's not shocking to us because we've read it before. If you're a Christian, you've read that before. It should be shocking and jarring and discombobulating. It's stunning that John would say something like this, the Word became flesh. Remember in verse 1 he said, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So the Word that was God from the beginning with no creation point, no starting point, this Word became flesh flesh now any reader of the Old Testament knows that God has no body God cannot be limited to one place God can't even be limited to one time in fact there is no human category vast enough for us to put God into God transcends all categories all of them see that's one of the reasons that God said do not make for use yourself an idol built the King James called it a graven image. Why? Because idols, be they carved of wood or stone, cannot represent the eternal God. And yet, here we see a representation of the eternal God, not just a representation as in a copy, but God becoming flesh. So we look not to an idol, but we look to the word became flesh? Now, this does not mean that God merely appeared to be human. False. He was a real man. This does not mean that God only lived parts of a human life. False. He lived from a baby to a man. He lived as a man. It also doesn't mean that God changed into a man and laid aside his deity. No. He, Jesus... The one that explains God was both God and man in one person. That's one person and two natures. He's not a mere abstraction. Now, John puts it as blunt as possible, and he jump. He goes right up to the line of being offensive. He says the word became flesh. Now, if you know Paul in his 13 letters, you know that Paul uses the word flesh to mean sinful nature. That's not what John means here. He just means that God, the Word, became a real man. Now, we see this idea in the word incarnation. We all know that word incarnation, and that describes, that's a one-word description that's not found in the Bible, but it describes, it describes the process by which Jesus laid aside his godly prerogatives, and became a baby in a manger in the little town of Bethlehem. Now, the root word of incarnation,